Starting from software engineering, don't reinvent the wheel, you know? So I would assume that the same principle applies uh, for uh, for the feature as well. As long as you make use of uh, the latest technologies and make sure that you uh, are standardizing, so you remove the cognitive load on people too. Because if you're not standardizing and you uh, invent your own process or you invent your own thing, you, you have to do a lot of on that. You have to train people, you have to maintain that, you have to evolve that. And that's a lot of work. Once upon a time, there were millions of businesses struggling. Every day, they wasted time, effort, and money on repetitive tasks that added no value. One day, the Better Automation podcast by Processio came to help them find a way. Because of this, these businesses save time, reduce costs, innovate, and make better decisions. Because of that, these businesses grow, scale, and use human creativity to change this world. Hello, my name is Aziz, and I'm your host at Better Automation Podcast by Processio, where I interview the world's top experts and share their very best ideas on how to improve automation in your business, processes, and life. My guest today is Stefan Mihartescu, Stefan is the Chief Technology Officer at Processio, and his mission is to improve people's lives through streamlining their workflows. He is also the founder at Deep AI, applying the latest artificial intelligence and machine learning technologies to optimize work in various industries. Stefan, how are you today? I'm very well, Aziz. Thank you for asking. Um, I'm trying to accommodate with the bickerest weather because it's quite hot uh, during those times, but uh, everything is well. I understand exactly what you mean. And since this is a hot weather, let's speak about the hot topic, which is what's your story of like beginning your involvement with Processio? How did you discover the idea? What was your perspective about it? Tell me everything. Sure. Um, so um, I actually Processio discovered me. And uh, it was, uh, they came to me for uh, basically uh, doing, um, I would call it fractional CTO because fractional CTO is kind of like a trendy word, you know, when uh, a CTO like takes care of uh, some aspects uh, of the business, but not all of them. So uh, yeah, Procession initially came to me to uh, help them uh, with some bottlenecks and their uh, software engineering processes and, and their software as well. Um, I've been working with them since January as uh, the CTO and we've, I've been helping them to automate so they can help uh, uh, other people automate things. I love this. So we're speaking, you know, like in the matrix to the architect, you know, that guy. <laughs> so I'm loving this. And then let's step back. Imagine some of the listeners, they are curious about this whole thing, but they want to understand logically. They say, okay, my business is running, I'm, profit, I'm, I'm making profit, I'm making money. What's wrong with my workflows? Why should I spend time examining them? Won't that distract me from making money and doing my work? So just explain what's important about 
looking at the bottlenecks in any process, uh, what's important about automation, about being conscious of workflows in a business. Okay, so um, I can speak um, on uh, from my perspective, and that perspective is more of a like DevOps perspective, where I basically um, automate and integrate the works of many other people, and I also automate processes uh, within the engineering uh, part of it. And um, to give you an example, um, if you want to scale, it doesn't always um, is is not a linear scale. It it doesn't work. The more you resource, the more resources you add, uh, the more you scale. You actually need uh, some one, a way to orchestrate those resources so they can work in accordance with everything. Um, yeah, uh, basically, if you are to have an engineering team, and let's say uh, that team is, uh, is of 10 people, if you add one more people, it doesn't actually uh, help you. It may not help you. It may, but it may not help you depending on very much on how you work with it. So in case you add a developer, it can help you, but at the same time, you can add more technical debt because, um, yeah, each every time we code something or we program something, there is also an overhead that we bring. How are we going to manage that software? How are we going to maintain that software? And basically, how, how are we going to integrate that, uh, that small subsystem into the bigger system? And this is where I come into play where um, I um, help the teams to make sure they are able and self-sufficient to uh, develop their software without many dependencies or without depending on, on each other as much. And this way you can do it through automation. I love this. It reminds me of two things. One, in the theory of constraint, that if you spend your time building potential that doesn't matter, you need to fix the bottlenecks in any system because those are the constraints and therefore adding more resources doesn't mean anything if there is a constraint that is limiting the work in progress or anything like that, as well as integrating systems together so that they work in, a, in harmony, so that they are integrated together for better results. Is this correct? Yeah, 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 definitely. Thank you. So I will ask you then specifically. Let's say because, you know, I like to think about objections and how to, ha to handle them. Someone will say, look, these are fancy words for something that could be common sense. So I will just think about it and I will do it without needing to use words like system and bottleneck and uh, small add-in resources without increasing efficiency and all that. Do you believe that it's common sense? Or is it mostly counterintuitive where many of the things that you do in your work are not the instinctive human things, but things that need a different kind of understanding? Yeah, I mean, I think the way you put it, it's, um, uh, it's perfectly, you definitely need a different way of understanding. Uh, because um, also another perspective from uh, many other people uh, is very helpful because we as people, uh, in order to understand complexity, we tend to add more things on top of it. So um, I'm trying to, uh, to fix a problem and I will add, let's say, another fix to fix that problem. But uh, it doesn't really work every time like that. You, most of the time you need to take things out. Okay, let's see, will this fix if I take this out? Is this going to break uh, more? Or uh, so 
yeah, I def I def definitely agree with you here that you need a, dip a different perspective to make things simpler. And I think everybody should think of like software, how we can create this simple and uh, not add like a lot of things and making complex because complex doesn't usually, um, yeah, it doesn't save time. A complex actually increases time. Thank you. I love this. There is a human bias, actually, that people respect and are in awe of complex things. When in reality, like you mentioned, simplicity can be what works, what is needed, and what is the best use of the resources you have. But then let's think about, you know, the Einstein code that things should be as simple as possible but no simpler, I think it's Einstein who said this. But So there is a limit where things become too simplistic or too simple. So if someone is hearing your advice and thinking, okay, my life is too complex, things are too complicated right now, I'm overwhelmed, I need to simplify, when or how can they know if their processes are becoming too simple to be effective? Because there is something about reality or life that the things you do today, you sometimes cannot know if they're working or not until 90 days or six months or something. And therefore, uh, it's, it's a difficult situation where you have to go through the period to build momentum before you see the outcome. Or do you have another perspective on this? Um, yeah, I mean, my perspective, you said that um, things are getting com uh, complex and my life is getting complicated. Well, the way I see complex and complicated, they're kind of two different words. So uh, complexity is actually a requirement to solve the problem. Where complicated, it is not really a requirement. You can make it. You can make a simple thing complicated, right? Um, so um, yeah, I, I would say that complexity should be applied when is necessary. Otherwise, you should not make it complicated and try to treat it as simple. I hope that answered your question. Thank you. And I remember a business guru was actually saying you should make things as complicated, and I'm using the word that in the definition that you're using as possible, so that your competitors cannot copy you because they will have a headache in the process. While if things are simple within your business, it's very easy for them to copy. Do you agree with this? Do you think this is like correct or not? No, I don't think it's correct because it's not always about your idea or it's not always about the business that you're building. Most of the time, it's about the people who 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 is building this business and uh, who am I serving this business to. So, um, yeah, maybe I can copy Facebook like one to one, make another Facebook. Would that mean that I'll be successful? I doubt that because it's about the brand and what they've done and like the people they're serving. Um, and I would, me, I would go on the idea to build things as simple as possible so you can move very fast in today's um, economy and in today's uh, technology where everything like changes really quick. For example, now we have war in, in Ukraine, the entire economy fall down, you know, like businesses need to be the, to adapt to those things, to the, to the economy, to the technology, like new versions are, um, are coming um, every day. So in order to be, to be able to shift that focus really fast, you need to have simple things because if it's complicated for, for, um, for your competitor to copy you, it's complicated for you to do anything else. Thank you. 
I agree with that very much that to remember that if things are too complicated, then for you as well, you cannot really manage it because it becomes very difficult. And to step back and return to what you were mentioning about resources and that adding more resources doesn't mean that you will have better output or better productivity. I heard one time a lecture of a professor who somewhat specializes in team performance in IT companies. And he was saying that uh, pure agile methodology is too expensive and not possible for small teams. The way he approaches it is like a factory where you're ensuring the highest utilization of every resource you have. But if you go pure agile, you'll have too many resources idling too long, and therefore it, it's not really what anybody can use. Do you agree with this? Do you understand what he's speaking about? And if so, how does your work relate or what you do to resolve bottlenecks relate to this? So uh, regarding the organizational performance and how teams should, uh, should operate, actually at Processio, um, I've in, uh, introduced ideas of streamlined teams. And uh, there is a book on this uh, team topologies. I can't remember the authors, but I know the authors, they were uh, DevOps engineers and they uh, they come up with this organization structure from the bottom up, so from like their line of work up uh, to the business. And um, I, yeah, I definitely agree that Agile um, or Scrum may be, may be too expensive to apply to, uh, to smaller teams, especially teams that are very high performing, uh, that are very senior, because um, you, let's say you're going to have a Scrum Master, that Scrum Master will not understand anything and will not even understand the competences of each engineer, what he can do. And uh, to basically mediate the, uh, the ceremonies, he will definitely need a little a little bit more knowledge. And aside of that, like high performers, and I say high performers because uh, even Google, the, they did like a DevOps uh, type of report on, on, on organizations and said that um, elite performance, so this is where I'm coming from with the high performance uh, um, uh, word. Uh, I, I took it from that um, uh, report and what they say is that um, elite performers are using CICD, elite performers are uh, have um, less time to deployment, um, less time to recovery. So basically when I'm referring to, uh, to elite performers, yeah, they can self-organize themselves. They can do their own work. They can basically understand the business objectives and they can draw the tasks from those and uh, basically uh, be creative and, and, and help the business succeed. So that would be more of like self-organized team, but that will not work for everyone. So that's why I'm saying streamlined teams would be a much better uh, approach. Thank you. I love this point and it's really a very important point today and in the future. And for those self-organizing teams, how do you think that machine learning or AI can help them, each one of the devs or whoever is involved in such teams perform better? What do you see as the future of work? That's a very um, good question and uh, I will uh, try to answer. Um, so it's not about how AI and machine learning is helping those people. It's about how uh, AI and machine learning is helping uh, everyone. Because um, now you're going to have AI on basically and machine learning on everything, at least for, let's say, object recognition. You can take your phone and let's say scan a document and instantly you can copy all the words from that document and put it like you can modify the document, right? So 
the same is going to help everyone, it's going to help the engineers as well. Um, and um, on a specific point on how art is going to help engineers, there's like a very broad, broad, um, broad topic. So we'll have to narrow it down a little bit. Thank you, and I'll narrow it down. How will Processio in the future help such teams or non-technical employees perform better for better organizational performance and ROI on the work and the time they spend? And can you explain what is Processio for people who might not know exactly understand what it is all about? So uh, Processio is a low-code, no-code platform. Um, I see it uh, as the future of technology. Um, is the next uh, layer of abstraction that we need to build. Um, so uh, basically, it's a platform, no-code, low-code, that allows you to create programs, backends, um, and all kinds of integrations and automation through uh, a web interface. Um, so you don't need any type of like technology knowledge to uh, to use it, but you do need kind of like um, let's say let's call it BI business intelligence. So like you need to have knowledge enough about your topic and to see how you're going to architect that system, so you can put it in like visual and uh, and processio. And uh, coming back to the question on uh, organization performance. Um, yeah, Processio can save a lot of time uh, from organizations because Processio is actually not only um, as an abstraction of visual programming, you also have the infrastructure which is managed by us. You can execute things on, on our own infrastructure. And um, so that will not require you to have any knowledge of cloud. So you have everything in Processio, which is basically the cloud. Thank you for this. And to speak even more importantly, what do you believe is the next important thing or the next evolution or next criteria for success for businesses in a more and more competitive marketplace? Is it important to approach automation as a way to understand your processes and have visibility and therefore you can delete or eliminate what isn't working and therefore you become more performing or how you as a systems thinker define higher performance, define better results, define efficiency and effectiveness so that the manager or the executive or the CEO can have that in mind when thinking about their business as a perspective that will give them better results. Who is going to be uh, to be on top and is going to like outperform the um, um, the uh, the competitors will have to definitely have most of their software processes um, automated, and what I mean by that is planning, integration, delivery, uh, uh, running production. So like. Um, monitorization systems, alerting, and all these have to be automated. So let's say you will integrate with other tools, even Processio to facilitate those kind of changes instead of hiring your own team to do that. Because you have to be as lean as possible and delegate authority to other, um, uh, to other third parties. Because if you're going to implement, is the 
is a thing from software engineering, don't reinvent the wheel, you know? So I would assume that the same principle applies uh, for, uh, for the feature as well. As long as you make use of uh, the latest technologies and make sure that you uh, are standardizing so you remove the cognitive load on people too. Because if you're not standardizing and you uh, invent your own process or you invent your own thing, you, you have to do a lot of on that. You have to train people, you have to maintain that, you have to evolve that. And that's a lot of work. And that that is active on your business. Your business is maybe retail, but you're reinventing the wheel on a process. Thank you. So if I understood you correctly about the cognitive load and reinventing the wheel, that every business should have SOPs or standard operating procedures that everybody follows so that they can use their brain to create or be creative or innovate rather than each time reinventing whatever is the workflow or the process that they are doing, which will waste a lot of their energy, their willpower, their creativity, which is not necessary. So anything that will need to be repeated, it should be automated or standardized into checklists so that the person can free up their thinking and anything that needs to be invented, which will be your competitive advantage or your innovation, that is what we should save the energy and creativity for. Is this correct? I can say you put it much nicer than me. So <laughs> touche, <laughs> that's perfect. Thank you very much. And you as a systems thinker, a lot of people grew up in a linear way of thinking which is how the mind usually works, where it's like step one and then step two and step three. While if you think in systems, everything is interconnected and things are influencing each other and there isn't really a beginning or end, but it's all working together and affecting everything. How can people move from thinking linearly into systems thinking? Is it necessary? Because for thousands of years, they have been thinking in a linear way rather than a systems way. Or should systems thinking stay for the specialist and use cases like when they need someone like you? What's your perspective on it? So I would say that system thinking, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't call it system thinking. I would call it software engineering because basically uh, this is what to, uh, today's the systems engineers do. They actually are software engineers. They, we are not doing uh, manual operations on um, virtual machines. We are coding automation for declaratively for those resources to, to be deployed and managed. And um, yeah, I would say a software engineering mindset would definitely help anyone. And this would be the manager, the CEO. So if you can learn like any type of like programming language and try to understand that type of like uh, thinking, because this is what I, you're actually referring, because software engineering is not actually a linear thinking. You have, you, have, you have concepts in software engineering that are like non-physical. So you, you, are, you don't have physical constraints that you do in our real world. So definitely software engineering mindset will help anybody. This is very useful. And therefore, if you approach with a software engineer in mind, a business, just for business owners who don't have that ability or that 
knowledge or skills to think like you. How do you think and design about the whole business as a software engineering or systems um, project? What will be the different perspective or different approach that you will take when designing or creating a business that maybe someone listening or viewing can learn from and think about their business differently? I am not sure this would apply to all businesses, though. Um, for example, I you may not need really software engineering mindset if you have a retail business, although all retail businesses are like technology. But if you're developing a technology and you, your business, like, purposely is software, you should definitely try to understand how software engineering works. If you're like, your, your business is either offering software services or your business is delivering a software product. Thank you. And I'll ask you in general about no code and the citizen developer dream where anybody could create their own uh, app with no code tools and like drag and drop and all that. Some people say any person can do that. A lot of humans have instincts for good uh, software apps. They have been using apps all their lives. They understand that. While other people say, actually, you cannot just bring a gardener or, I mean, they use that example. It's not me. I love gardeners. Uh, nature is beautiful. Uh, but you cannot bring a gardener and make them a no-code citizen developer because they need to understand the foundations of um, software engineering, of uh, software architecture, and all that. So do you recommend to people who want to build apps, even MVPs, even if they are not technical founders, to take courses to understand how to create, you know, how to code, how to create software, uh, UI, UX design and all that? Or do you believe that it's not really necessary as long as the tools have some good templates and uh, are easy to use? Um, as I said uh, at the beginning, um, that it's most people have like a natural instinct for how apps should look like because we are connected to the technology. Our brain is not only here now, it's like out there as well. So we are actually extending ourselves through, uh, through, uh, through technology. And most people have uh, this instinct of how things should work. They, they know on actions, events, on what happens in, on those applications. And they may be very well able to develop that. Sure, with like some bottlenecks or some like hurdles that he may need to jump. But he will definitely be able to. And he won't have to learn the entire... Um, let's say software engineering side of it where you need to learn about languages about how uh, code is executed about how your hardware is executing that software um, how that hardware lives in cloud and it's orchestrated by like automation to run uh, software you definitely don't need to know that in order to apply some business logic or do integrations um, you can just like do it right now like with processio that would be one <laughs> I agree and I recommend Processio as well to all the viewers and listeners and like you said, Processio is the modern low-code, no-code platform for advanced automation and creating an enterprise-grade backend for your software. Any viewer can request a totally free account at Processio.app, they can use it, they can change their lives and for those with higher business needs, there is a very generous exclusive 50% discount code it's better 50 off one word in capital letters more information in the description of this episode 
Stefan, this was my privilege, my honor. I really enjoyed our conversation. I learned a lot and I wish you to keep going with Processio and to have a great day. Thank you, Aziz. Uh, thank you for this uh, session and thank you for insightful uh, question and we'll see you later.